Welcome to The Home Play, where we bring you some of the top names in baseball talk about the best sport out there, and I'm your host, Mike Savino. Today, we have former Vanderbilt University, University of Tampa, and 2012 MLB draft pick. We welcome Sean Bierman. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing well, Mike. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. I mean, crazy time period right now. A lot of things going on. You know, you're a former guy, former minor leaguer. Minor league baseball just got terminated this year. So I guess, I guess we'll, we'll start off there with, with a little question. If you were a minor leaguer right now, you know, you just found out 2020 season canceled. How are you feeling? How are you reacting? Yeah, I, I've, I've spoken to a couple of them. Um, you know, if I was playing, I wouldn't be very happy, you know. Uh, obviously, you, you pretty much live it, you train it, you do it 24-7 uh every day uh to try to you know meet your dreams and play in the big leagues and all of a sudden a year like this comes along and you know backtracks you and on top of it you know age matters it's not like you can you can let this thing you know you can't ride this roller coaster for you know forever so you know the guys that are borderline you know getting too old it it, you know i'm sure it's probably a pretty stressful time for them you know, uh, a couple guys that play independent baseball, they don't know if they're going to play just yet. I know a couple leagues have, have been banged. And um, it's just not it's, – it's not the best thing right now. You know, um, not feel for them. Yeah, I mean, we just heard, you know, obviously affiliated ball season's done. Atlantic League, Frontier League. I think the only one that, like, I've kind of heard of that's officially playing – uh, is the American Association, but the Sugarland Skeeters put together like a. Uh, did they? Did they put it in the Atlantic League? Um. So yeah. So the Atlantic League, like it, it was really close to starting. It was really close. They had, you know, they right. had, uh, I think it was High Point, Long Island, and South Maryland. I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. They 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 said they were gonna do something. It's three mystery teams. So the mystery teams, you know. We're probably going to be, you know, Rockland, New Jersey, and stuff. Right. And um, the minute New Jersey and New York kind of came out with that, hey, if you come into our state, 14-day ban thing, that screwed everything. Right. Right. No, it's, it's terrible. The um, – yeah. yeah, we're going through the same thing right now in my organization. I got, you know, I got to send out emails tonight when we get done. We got – we're supposed to go down to Georgia for the WWBA 2021 yep. championship. And they just put a 14-day quarantine on people who come back from Georgia. So now I, you know, I got to go out there and send emails and readjust everything. You know, it it's not ideal. We got to deal with it, but you know, uh, I, I definitely feel for you know the guys that are that are grinding, trying to either get out of indie ball into affiliated ball and, or minor league ball and try to make it to the big leagues. It's it's not it's not the best scenario. It's hard enough as it is, and, and, and taking away a year from these guys is, is brutal. Yeah, no, brutal. if you're like a guy in indie ball, you're 27, 28, 29, this is a really hard time for you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a really Ab- hard time. Absolutely. So, you know, it is what it is, though. You keep pushing on. Yep. Figure it out. So, obviously, continuing here, uh, baseball-wise, professionally, high school, club, whenever – in your entire life, what was your favorite stadium or field to pitch at just in all of baseball, just playing? It's a good question. Um, I first, I, I love playing at the University of Tampa. Uh, just, just being around the right people in the backdrop. It, it was, a, it was, it's something that, that, that I hold special in my heart. Uh, on top of that, I think uh, when I was at Vanderbilt pitching at Arkansas with a bunch of fans screaming "Pig Suey" was a was a, was a pretty <laughs> good. I enjoyed that as well. Um, and in the minor leagues, I think probably Dayton. The it was the Dayton Dragons back there. I think they changed their name recently, but Dayton it was single A full season. I was when I was with the Rays, and they were a Reds Reds affiliate at the time. I don't know if they still are. They changed their name. I don't know if they're still the same organization, but it was a it was a pretty nuts atmosphere. In 
I guess internationally playing like when I was down in Dominican Republic with the Aguilas playing for um, playing against Lise, which is like Yankees, Boston and okay. in, in yeah. Dominican Air League mm-hmm. uh, um, at in Santiago at our home stadium or in the capital in Santo Domingo, it, it was nuts. Yeah. The fans down there are, are a little bit different. They watch every pitch. It's not, you know, it's not like there's TVs all over the place and little clubs for people to hang out. So they're locked in every pitch and it's nuts. Yeah. You know, you leave that place with a, you know, bodyguard after the game if you don't do well, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, those are the, those are the places that kind of stand out to me the most. Yeah, no, obviously those are all super just crazy moments. I mean, I couldn't even imagine being, you know, standing on, uh, you know, we'll, we'll speak about winter, winter ball a little bit later, but, you know, front main stage kind of, you know, you're talking about D1 baseball here, you know, top D1 baseball. This, this is, you know, you're, you're pitching in front of fans who are going to heckle you, who are going to cheer. It's, that's, that's just an awesome feeling, especially when there's a lot of them too. Yeah. Yeah, it's stressful too. They don't tell you about oh, yeah. that part. Sign up for it. Yeah, but no, it, it, it's all it's all it's all fun. It's why you prepare for the game. You know, it's um, you get out there and 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 you know, if you prepared, you deserve success. So it becomes enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, and uh, just for uh, speaking about Dayton, yeah, no, Dayton is still the Dragons. They're still they're still with the uh, with the Reds. I think they're still Class A organization. Right. Yeah, so they changed, but yeah. Um, so growing up, uh, did you play uh, like travel or club ball or? Yeah, so it's a little bit different now. Everybody starts doing these showcases early and, yeah. and signings that are early. You know, the only guy that I can remember that would sign early was like a guy like Sonny Gray. I think he was like a freshman sign when we were at Vanderbilt. Because he, he was absolutely freak, and he was, he was a local guy. But um, now people are signing early, and they're doing all this stuff early. When I was playing, you know, I didn't. I started playing. You know, I would play on that that select, like that local travel team that that was talented. Um, you know, we had guys like Tommy Listella on the team, and okay. some, some guys that you know played college baseball or professional baseball, but. Not until, I guess, probably after my sophomore year did we start playing in those. In, I either played for – I think I played for Teals and then I played for the Blue Sox, which was like a Bobby Jones team who's the head coach of the, of the Miners. Um, Sylvia Sinsali, you know, um, Paul McGreeny, who was the Paramus head coach. We played for all those guys. We started playing after sophomore year. Uh, after junior year, I played for a team out of Queens, New York, called Bayside Yankees, which okay. is where most of my exposure. Uh, Mark Cassetta there is is, is awesome. Um, you know, we had a really talented team. We traveled pretty much all summer. We lived out of hotels. Um, that was my first taste of of just you know getting out there, getting my name out there. Was was the summer after after my junior year. Now it's it's a little bit sooner, but. Um, you know, that's the really like when I started traveling and, and area codes and showcase, you know, the East Coast Pro Showcase and that type of stuff and traveling for baseball was after junior year. And, it, you know, that's that, that's how we did it back then. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many club baseball teams and showcases like it's it's insane right now. No, I know. It's coming to I'm a really, really big industry. Um, part of the problem is people don't know which one's a money grab and which one is actually beneficial or when they should do it, when they shouldn't. Um, I don't think town baseball is what it used to be, so everybody's going towards these club programs, but it's the saturated market. And, um, you know, it. I think it gives uh, the ability to be able to sign on to social media and see what other people are doing is giving people anxiety about, you know, deciding what they should do and when they should sign and, 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 and what should happen probably a lot earlier than, than what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, I literally log on to Instagram and every single day there's a new kid committed and they can be right. younger than me. That's, that's, I think the crazy part about it is it's like, wait a minute, this kid's two years younger than me. He just committed to a D one. Right. No, I, I know. <laughs> 
it's become a little bit crazy. Um, I think they should probably probably put a little couple more rules on it. Um, no, but it's 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 a it's a cutthroat industry. I mean, you know, I've just started doing doing the travel baseball and all that type of stuff about four years ago now, and um, you know, it, it, it's it's you know everybody wants results now. They want to know what they're doing now, and and they want to start things sooner and younger and um, it's just, it, 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 it's changed a lot. When I, when I came up, we used to play, there was probably 30 teams throughout the country that, you know, that, that would travel and do the, the East Cobb thing or do the, do the perfect game thing in Florida or whatever. And you knew the names of the players on the other teams. And, and that's where everybody, you know, kind of gravitated to. And those guys would go and play on those big showcase teams. And now it's just, it's all over the place. It's, it's become a huge industry and, and showcases are, 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 you know, blasting emails to, you know, eighth graders. And, you know, frankly, at the same time, they're seeing other eighth graders, freshmen signing with big schools or verbalizing yeah. biggest, big schools. And I think, you know, people are, are, you know, kind of questioning if they should be in the same situation. It's just, they're seeing the very few and very freakishly talented and not seeing the the kind of quiet majority. Yeah, no, I mean, the average baseball player, I mean, that that's that's mainly what it is. I see all the time, you know, these perfect game showcases and these PBR showcases and whatever other companies are out there. And you look at their Instagram and who do they showcase? They showcase that top 1%. You know, the freshmen throwing 96 and 97. It's like, how is that possible? And then you start to think to yourself, it's like, wait, wait, maybe I should get to these events. Like, right. the companies go right. Social media marketing is key. Everyone knows that. And, yeah. Right. I mean, we got to adapt at the same time, right? Yeah. So we got to figure out a way to, you know, to mix into the whole thing. But speaking of – you tapped on uh, players a little bit before, like – who was like the biggest name player that you played against or played with that uh, we would know? Um, against I gotta, you know, I don't remember every name that I I would play yeah. against. Mookie Betts, maybe one of them. Oh, that's cool. uh, when in I think it was short season. I think uh, Lowell Spinners, maybe the team he played with. Yeah, Lowell Spinners. Yeah. Um, uh, Miguel Sano okay. down in the Great Public. Um, actually, um, Miguel Tejada was my first baseman with the Aguilas. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Um, with, you know, I've I, I played, I've been lucky to play with some good guys. Sonny Gray was outstanding when I was at Vanderbilt. Um, he was, you know, you could tell when he would get on the field, he was, he was different. Um, you know, I played with a lot of good baseball players. I, I can't even name them off the top of my head. That's, that, that's, that's a good thing, though. Yeah. So, pitching-wise, uh, when, you're, when you're on the mound, when you're on the bump, you're throwing to a catcher. Catcher's obviously one of the most important guys on the field. What do you look for in a catcher? The most important thing I look for in a catcher is, honestly, is probably a guy who's going to be there for me. A lot of catchers want to get back there and, and, and um, obviously, you know, showcase themselves and do their thing. Um, I actually have this discussion with a lot of people, and I, I, I talk this about a lot with a lot of my catchers. Um, you know, in my favorite catcher was the, the, the guy who couldn't throw, couldn't hit, but he's back there for me he's motivating me he's keeping my mind locked in um and he's gonna do everything that i need him to do you know i wasn't the type of guy that's gonna, gonna absolutely light up the radar gun and get away with stuff i need somebody to, to be able to be there and, and and get me strikes um you know motivate me to get my mind right when it wasn't there um so you know the the best catchers that i enjoyed throwing to are the ones that that you know i kind of asked for you know because once you you start getting up there you, you kind of get yeah. to pick and choose who you get 
um, were the guys that were were there to make me better as opposed to necessarily kind of prove them prove themselves physically you know um that's pretty much it the 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 guy that can get back there and know that you know he he his success relies on the success of the pitcher um were the guys that i connected with the best I, i mean that's huge advice uh personally like me i'm more of a defensive player defensive catcher right so, I mean, that's like something that stands out, you know, if, if I'm not going to one thing, I might as well focus on the other a little bit more. And, uh, right. you know, the finesse guy, you, you'll see catchers move up in the minor leagues that are batting 220, 210. It's like, it's like, it's like, why? It's like, well, because when a pitcher trusts a catcher and when a pitcher could throw to a catcher and when that guy can make the pitcher look good, he's going to go. Right. Too. I, right. You look at most catchers in the MLB. I mean, except for the select few, you know, JT Ramuto, Gary Sanchez, whatever, Mitch Garber, low batting averages are pretty apparent. And right, and well, it, about the it has be it has become a little bit more of of, of a skill position. You know, yes. there there are catchers that can you know really knock down the walls. Um, you know, but there's 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 a majority of catchers that. Like, like what I like to say is he's my ring man. He's the one in the corner saying, you know, you're the best, you know, yeah. you get, you know, let's do this thing. You know, this is what we got to do. He's your ring man. You're your boxer. And he's there just motivating you, uh, you know, to do what you got to do. Um, those were, it, it's become more of a skill position. Uh, you know, um, you got better guys back there that can swing it. Uh, not all of them, but, the ones that the ones that that were really enjoyable to work with were the ones that were were kind of doing that, whether whether you were good or bad, they were kind of giving you the the you're the best type the of guy. pump up the motivation kind of thing. Yeah, that a, a pitcher would want. It was fun. Is that like that's the type of person you know that that for for two hours or two and a half hours that you're pitching or even warm ups, you know you got a connection that you know you can't really replicate doing anything yeah. else. I completely agree with you. Yeah. So out of high school, you were drafted by Cincinnati. Now you didn't, yeah. you didn't go, but you were drafted, I believe the 42nd round. Is that right? Yeah. 42nd round. So how, how did that feel? I mean, not obviously not many high school guys do get drafted and you were drafted very low, but that's besides the point you were still drafted. Right. How how does that feel to you? Yeah, no, it was great. The um, ooh, we got we got wings that just came in. <laughs> the uh, no, it was it was awesome. It was a good feeling. The you know, uh, it, it's pretty cool. It, it has its positives and negatives, right? So positive is you know I just got drafted, you know people are noticing me what I'm doing is is the right thing you know I'm on track to to you know kind of take the next step right um the negative is you get complacent uh you're young you start getting a big head and um you know regardless of your upbringing you know something like that kind of you know makes you feel probably a little too good about yourself um, you know, it, it was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Lee Saris, you know, put my name in there. who's was the red scout and, uh, I guess our area at the time. Um, but yeah, it, it has its positives and the negatives. It, it, it felt good. It put me on my, on the radar. It felt like all the hard work that I was doing was paying off. Um, yeah, I mean, that is pretty much it. That is pretty much it. You know, um, I knew that I knew that when that happened, that that I was I was doing the right stuff. People yeah. wouldn't notice what I was doing. Yeah. Did Did you know you were gonna get drafted beforehand or no? Actually, no, I didn't. I was I well, I had met with scouts and they would come over and eat dinner and and we'd have them over the house or we had cookies or whatever the hell it was yeah. at the time. Um. 
And, you know, once it comes down to it, you know, the agent who I had at the time was Andrew Lowenthal. Uh, I don't even remember what company he was from. But, you know, we, you say, you know, what would it take to draft me? You know, you know, you gave him a number and that probably wasn't worth the number that I gave because I wanted to go to school. Um, and, you know, so you slid. And I, I think I was actually – I think I was playing a baseball game and I had a voicemail that was like, you just got drafted by the Cincinnati Reds in the 42nd round. I think it was Lee Saris. He made it, gave me a call. I don't remember exactly how it was, but I didn't know until I, I looked at my, you know, went over my voice, but I think I'm, I was playing in the game in, in whatever it was, June, June, early June, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't know until I, until I saw it. I didn't know until I saw, saw the voicemail. So, that's, but it was, it was, that's, it was, that's cool. it was yeah. That, that's, an, that's an experience that, only so many people live and you got to live there, which is awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. So now you enter college, you go to Vanderbilt. Now everyone here obviously knows Vandy is, I don't know, what, 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 what we, we'll, say, we'll say number one, I guess, out there on people's like dream schools for baseball. So you were there for two years, right? Two years. Two years. So talk to me about your freshman and sophomore year pitching there yeah um hard man it was hard you know you're you're competing against the best best baseball players definitely the best arms around you know Derek Johnson was our pitching coach at the time was a pitching coach of the Reds now he's you know probably one of the best pitching coaches in the world um it was demanding it was demanding on top of it you know the school was demanding uh, you you know had to do what you had to do in the classroom and keep your GPA and all that type of stuff. It was hard. It was it was it was it instilled the work ethic that I have now. It would you know that's the best way I could explain it. It was it was a lot. It was hard. It was stressful, but it was beneficial. What did you uh, what you major in? <laughs> I think I started at the time when I was when I I couldn't pass calculus. <laughs> I couldn't. I tried it my freshman year, first semester, my freshman year, second semester, my sophomore year, first semester. I couldn't pass calculus. Couldn't figure it out. Kinelon did, didn't do a good job. So anybody from Kinelon, teach calculus better, or at least whatever is the, <laughs> the precursor to, to calculus. Um, yeah, so I couldn't pass calculus. It was an absolute Chinese language thing. I couldn't figure it out. Um, so I think I went to, like, sociology – and then I think calculus was still part of, I didn't want to do Celsius or something like that. <laughs> Move towards, towards human and organizational development, which at the same time, I think I had to pass calculus, but I couldn't do that. And then they have these independent studies when I was at Vanderbilt. And so I was able to like build, I think it was uh, managerial leadership and communications. I've made my own major. And so I took a bunch of different classes from, from, you know, one thing and a bunch of different classes from another thing. And I kind of like put them together and had to go in front of the board and explain why I wanted to do this. And, uh, Kitty Faze, who was our, our, um, our, you know, academic advisor at the time was like, you know, helping me do this thing. So I developed my own major while I was there. That's what I had to do. Human, that's insane. Uh, managerial leadership and communication. I think that's what the name of it was. And that's I ended up insane. I ended up majoring in business management at the University of Tampa. Yeah. So did I'm assuming you had to be a really st uh, smart student out of Kinelon. No, the it, it was just easy. It was easy. Okay. I was so it was just easy. They pushed <laughs> they pushed us through. It should have been a lot harder. Because Vanderbilt's obviously that's a no joke. Not baseball wise, forget about it. Just in, in general, that's a a top top school. You know, yeah, it was the, it was it was one of the most difficult things I ever did in my life. Wow, studying studying for African music class till four in the morning was not the most fun thing on the planet. Yeah, it does, that's, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. It's tough. It, 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 there's some brilliant people down there. Yeah. So you ended up transferring to Tampa. And now for yep. people out there that don't know, Tampa is probably one of the number one division two schools in the country. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so when I was at I was at Vanderbilt, I was hurt. I was hurt both years. I had you know I had to get on my eyes, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with my arm, and um, you know I was just thrown through a lot of pain, and and you know part part of that was just making me unhappy. You know, I pitched two weeks, and I'd do all right, and all of a sudden too much pain would come in, and I'd sit out two weeks. I was doing five thirty a.m. you know in training sessions in the in the in the rehab you know training center. Yeah. And it just, you know, it, it screwed my head a little bit. So I was like, you know what, I need to change. Um, I wish I was healthy and I stayed, but you know, I ended up going to University of Tampa. I was, I was actually in Cape Cod at the time, and I was like, you know, I was pitching pretty well, and I, was, I, I need a change. I need, you know, I need a change. So I, you know, decommitted from Vandy, and um, somehow, you know. My pitching coach from from when I was younger was Charlie Wonsowitz, who worked at Teals in in Wyckoff, and somehow got a whole. He was the bullpen pitching coach for for the Yankees, and um, you know, next thing you know, uh, Tina Martinez called called my father, and he's like, you know, he went to the University of Tampa, and he's like, you should come down and check it out. And at the time, you couldn't transfer. It was the first year they just implemented. You can't transfer D one to D one without sitting out a year. So yeah, I, like, I know that's well, that rules. I don't yeah. That. yeah. So like I was looking at other options, and and so I went down there. I actually visited Barry, um, who's another good D two. Yeah, down Barry's there. another great D two. Um, um, then you know I I I visited uh, Prado at at Southern Florida, which was a D one at the time, but I knew there was a connection from my other pitching coach, New Jersey. Silvio Sensali to uh, Laser, who's the pitcher coach at, at at Southern Florida, who was the who was the pitching coach at Miami. So I did this little route when I went down there, and I went to Florida and uh, or Tampa. I, I fell in love with uh, just the city, and the the coaches were unbelievable. Sam Militello and and Joe Erso. Uh, it it was like a blessing in disguise. It did probably two of the best people I ever met in my life. The program's unbelievable. My first year there, I was, you know, being egotistical people that we are, I was like, I'm going D1 to D2. What's this going to be like? I went down to the University of Tampa and, you know, I think we had 10 guys drafted that year. I mean, it, it was, it was, it, it was amazing. It was, it was a great experience. The talent level was, was out of the, you know, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it, that, those, those years, those three years of my life when I was at, at the University of Tampa was the biggest blessing ever. Yeah, I mean, I would compare Tampa, you know, Tampa's D2 there, but here in the Northeast is Tampa would be a D1. And yeah, we, we, our, our joke was we would beat the crap out of uh, other top D, top 25 D1. Uh, it's not even close. Our, every arm we had was low to mid nineties. Uh, yeah. Bats would no. We had we had some some serious serious talent as they still do. Um, yeah, people. You know, I try to help kids get to get to the next level now, and they you know they want to go D one because it's D one and it looks good and it feels good. But you know, if they if they understood what the SSC conference was like down in Florida, D two. Um, you know, they would open their eyes to D2 a little bit more because I guarantee you, you know, the, the D1 schools won't even play them anymore because they're, they're you know, it's a lose-lose for them. If they lose, it's terrible. If they win, it doesn't help. I, I'm, I'm trying to remember now, and I, I don't know which D2 it was in Florida, but so every year they do, you know, like the, the spring training games where the affiliated, like, you know, I, I think it was the Tigers or someone – Played a D2 in Florida, and the D2 in Florida lost by a run against a major league ball club. Yeah, it was the Phillies versus Tampa. Well, oh, what'd you say? You, you uh, cut out there. It, I think it was the Phillies versus University of Tampa. Versus, it was Phillies versus Tampa? Yeah. I, I couldn't remember who it was, but it was like it was like a one-run game, and like yeah. that just is mind-boggling. Yeah, I think it was the 2013 or 2014. I think it was, a, it was the, the, the Tampa beat the Phillies in Clearwater. Yeah, uh, you know, granted, they're, they're they're probably their minor leaguers were playing in that game, but still, but still, that does that doesn't, yeah, that's that's crazy. 
Right. No, it, it's a, it's an outstanding program. There's, every single person involved in that program is is knows what they're doing. They're 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 the best. It's awesome. Yeah. I miss it. I miss it. I really do. So after college, um, you were drafted by Tampa Bay. So ironically, Tampa to Tampa. Um, now this is your second time being drafted. Well, you were drafted in the 10th round this time, so much higher. Yeah. And now you've officially realized that your career is about to become a professional baseball player. So what was what was going through your head? You know, what were you thinking, mindset, stuff like that? When I got drafted? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like leading up into it, so just to give you a little bit of background and whoever, you know, listen or whatever. Um. I was injured my freshman year at Tampa. I had elbow issues. You know, I had I had I had elbow issues my freshman year at Elders or at, at Vandy. Freshman year, sophomore year, and then junior year at Tampa, I pitched again through elbow issues, um, which was my draft year, my real draft year, and um, I I was hurt. You know, I I would I pitched for two weeks. I I, I you know I. I you know, take two weeks off. It was just too much pain. Anyway, um, so after we played in the World Series, D2 World Series, uh, and didn't get drafted, you know, I was hurt. And, um, you know, I was a little disheartened. But finally, I was like, you know what? Let's go on our own dime. Let's go see Dr. Andrews. So I ended up getting surgery from Dr. Andrews down in Pensacola, Florida. Um, you know, I was almost ready to hang up my cleats. I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's just too much. I ended up getting the surgery my entire my, – my true senior year, I rehabbed. You know, it, yeah. it, was, it was a tough rehab for me. Some guys come back quick. Did. That wasn't me. Were you redshirted, uh, I'm assuming? What's that? You got, I'm assuming you were redshirted that year then? Yeah, I, I think I actually somehow got a medical redshirt from my junior year, which I, I pitched way too many innings. I don't know how I got that. <laughs> I think – Probably, I think I burned my my red shirt from senior year because I was like a defensive replacement in center field or something like that. Guy like the shortstop, the second baseman, the left fielder, and right field would pinch in, and I would just flip the ball with my right my right hand. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But I ended up going. So it was my fifth year. That's when I got drafted in 2012, and um, it was. It was a long rehab process. It was a long four years leading up to that. And it was probably the most gratifying thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. The, it, took a, it took about 22 months for the pain to finally go away from my surgery. Oh, wow. I think I started that year, like, topping out, like, 85. And all of a sudden, like, in, in like, late February, all of a sudden the pain started going away, like, in the beginning of April. Or, or middle of April, and, and my velocity started coming back. And it was like I was hanging on by a thread to try to prove to myself what I could do or prove to other people what I could do. And uh, ended up having a good year, and, and, and I got lucky enough to, to get drafted in the, in the top ten rounds. Yeah, so what was your velo like when you were drafted or entering pro ball? I, th- I don't know. I think it maybe probably like top, like 92. Um mm-hmm. Top ninety two. I had a had a pretty good cutter slider at the time that was like eighty four, eighty five. Oh yeah, uh, that'll do it. Little curveball, little change up. But um, yeah, that's 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 how it all went down. I remember going for runs in Tampa, like crying the whole time, like I want to prove to the world what I can do. Give me, <laughs> give me a couple months healthy so I can do this thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hey man, baseball players are interesting, interesting humans. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So now you're entering your first season of affiliated ball. So, what was that like? You know, stepping on the field, you know, throwing your first outing. Yeah, it was. It was. It was awesome. It was awesome. I can't remember exactly where my first outing was. I think it might have been at. Um, against the Mets, I think. I have to double-check. I think I hit around a little bit, too. But I think it was against the Mets in um, – was it Brooklyn? The Cyclones? Oh, the Cyclones. Yeah. The, um, 
I don't know how I did. I think I gave up a couple runs, but um, no, that 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 team was awesome. There was some. We had a really good pitch. We ended up winning the championship that year. That's cool. Um, That's I, real cool. I pitched Kyle Snyder, who's one of the, the best dudes ever. Who's who's the the Rays pitching coach now in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, our head coach was Jared Sandberg, who. I think he's the major league field field coordinator for the Seattle Mariners. That name sounds really uh, familiar. Yeah, well, Sandberg is. Um, I think he's the nephew of the Hall of Famer Sandberg. Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe that's why. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, being in rookie ball and the first team I was on, being playing for for two guys like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was it was a blessing. Those guys teach you a lot. Yeah, I mean, now it, now you're you're almost a you're you're playing pro ball. You know, you're no longer a college player. You're getting paid, so that obviously you know things things like that feel good. But uh, one thing I just want to ask you: so I've had a bunch of minor leaguers and major leaguers on the show so far. Um, what was it like entering the locker rooms in some of these minor league facilities compared to you know? Tampa and Vanderbilt. Yeah, uh, yeah, I bounced around all over the place, so it depended. You know, yeah. uh, you know, uh, rookie ball. For example, you know, with, with raises with the rookie ball, you got you have pretty much all new guys or high school guys that played that season with the with the with the organization that were still young. Yeah, so they're accepting. You know. Um, you know, it gets awkward when when you're a little bit older and you're 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 mixing into a community. I mean, listen, it's it's a cutthroat thing. You know, I don't think anybody really talks about it. Um, you know, it's it, sometimes it's awkward depending upon you know what the click is and 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 you know what the feel is of the team. Some some other teams are are accepting of of the you know being in the clubhouse and new guys and all that type of stuff. Uh, my favorite thing about the game, what I miss the most is being in the clubhouse. Uh, I miss playing cards. I miss hanging out. I miss, I, I, did, I haven't been able to replicate it in my own life. You know, it's, I think it's, I've tried to, you know, I think it's why I started a gym. That's a membership gym where guys come in, we play video games, we play cards, we work out, we get our work in. Um, I, I, I miss being in those types of clubhouses, you know, some are different. Some are some are a little bit more serious. Some are a little bit more jokey. It depends. It depends who kind of the leader is, and you know, either as a manager and pitching coach or just the leader in the clubhouse. Depends. Yeah, no, the clubhouse is an experience. I mean, uh, players my age obviously haven't really. I mean, you've experienced moments, I guess, with your high school stuff like that. But uh, my first ever time, you know, when I caught in the pen with the Jackals, um, I'll never forget, like, some of the stuff, like, the guys, like, playing cards and stuff like that and people gambling a lot of money away on cards. and Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just fun things that are just awesome about the game. It's a blast. I miss playing pluck in the clubhouse. Or yeah. Just, you know, dominoes. Yeah, dominoes. <laughs> I don't know if you learned any of those yet, have you? No, I, I, yeah, I know, I know a few, but this season I was hoping to learn a lot more, just you know, with the boulders and stuff like that. But rest in peace. Who's, who's the man? Jamie Keith isn't the manager up there anymore, is he? Uh, so the like coach manager Kevin Baez, but the owner is Sean Riley. Yeah, I know Riley's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie Keith was there when I was there for that first couple months of that. Yeah, year. I, I honestly don't know who that is. Okay. But, um, yeah, but staying here, it's the theme of a clubhouse here. So, in 2013, you were traded to the Chicago White Sox. So, now you got to walk into a brand-new locker room, brand-new clubhouse, you know, new people, new faces, new uniform. Mm-hmm. Tell us about being traded and that experience. Yeah, so I was, uh, I was actually on the golf course with one of my best friends. It was uh, – it was – it might have been October – Probably, I think it was October, and um, I got a phone call, you know, hey, blah, 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 you know, you got traded to, you know, the Chicago White Sox for, I think it was for Jesse Crane, who was, uh, I think he was an all-star that year, but he was injured. 
uh, and then one other player and some cash. Oh. And he's like, yeah, they're, they're going to call you from the White Sox. And it, was, it was different. Like, I didn't know how to experience it. I, I, I love the Rays organization. I liked all the people involved. Um, you know, I, I like the pitching coaches. I, it, the Rays, the reason they develop baseball players is because they have really, really, really good people uh, running the organization. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I thought it was an opportunity to, to, to mix in somewhere else, right? And, um, you know, I don't know if I thought it was a priority or not, but, you know, um, it was exciting. And so I was on the golf course, I ended up getting a phone call, and, and I got traded to the White Sox. And I guess I ended up going to the spring training in, what was it, uh, in Arizona. And it was it Glendale, Arizona? Glendale, Arizona, yeah, that's right. I actually did a podcast with one of the guys was the first people I met when I was with the White Sox. Um, uh, Santiago was a local guy. Um, oh, from, from from Newark, right? Yeah, recently did did a, did a podcast with him actually. Okay, um, yeah, a little bit, but it was um, you know I thought it was an opportunity. I thought it was I thought it was a good thing, and you know you get thrown into the fire, and you know um, organizations are different. You know, the, the way one ticks is not the way the next one ticks. Um, you know, and uh, it, it was experience. Yeah. I mean, lose you. Are you, you there? Yeah. All right. All right, good. All right. So then in 2014, you were released by the White Sox. Mm-hmm. You then ended up signing with Atlanta. But let's, let's speak on being released for a second. So now I'm assuming you got a phone call or were you called into an office? Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I, I was with the White Sox. Um, I was in Winston-Salem playing for uh, – the coach was Tommy Thompson. Um, he's been around baseball for a long time. Um, you know, I wasn't I, – you know, I'm not going to blame it on anything. I wasn't playing all that well. Um, you know, what ended up happening was I, they, we, we spoke about, or I threw a bullpen where I was, you know, kind of throwing sidearm and they were going to try to turn me into a sidearm guy. Um, and then I got into a game it's not super vivid, but I got into a game where I guess I was supposed to just. They brought me in a, as a bullpen guy. I've always been a starter. Um, brought me in as a bullpen guy, and um, I guess I was supposed to do something like just spin breaking balls and just get them out, you know, or okay. walk them. You know, I was kind of brought into that situation. Yeah. Uh, the What I ended up doing is is the guy that I was throwing to, I think it was like the eighth or ninth inning, whatever it was. We were at a home stadium. It was a tied game, something. Um you know, my perception might be different than others, but I ended up throwing to an old teenage, teammate, Sean Pleffner, who I can't remember the organization it was. Maybe the Angels. He was a left-handed hitter, and he liked to take everything the other way. And so my catcher at the time was Manjama was his name. And nobody really specifically told me that I'm supposed to go out there and just spin breaking balls. So yeah. I wasn't sure what to do. So I thought, you know, my best pitch was really my, my two-seam sinker. I ended up throwing first pitch fastball to sinker inside. I jammed him up, but it was like one of those slow motion dribblers up the middle. Yeah. That just yeah, 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 yeah. through everybody. That's just that's second baseman, shortstop, right in front of each other, balls. I like, felt like I could almost get it. It dribbled up the middle. Um, anyway, long story short, um, they weren't they weren't happy with me throwing that pitch and you know I was supposed to spin it or whatever, um, and you know we had a, after the game I I think we there was a meeting with you know the 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 minor league coordinator and the GM we were on our conference call and we were sitting in the office for a half an hour and you know basically you know I probably should have just shut my mouth and, and said, you know, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have done it. I should have done it. But it was unclear. And, and, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm not trying to go out there and lose a game. 
uh, I never want to fail. Um, but you know, so I went in, in there and I was like, you know, I thought it was the right pitch. I know the kid I played with him for, for two years or three years, whatever it was at the university of Tampa. Um, and he likes to take the ball the other way. So, you know, but you know, I went inside and did that and, you know, I kind of stood my ground and, um, looking back, I probably should have just bit my words and, but what ended up happening is I, I got released a couple of days later. I don't know if it was because, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't feeling great and throwing well, or, you know, it's just confrontational where, you know, like now that I'm an employer, I don't, you know, I, I'd like people to kind of do it my way and do it right. And, um, you know, it was probably a bit of a combination of both. And, um, you know, a couple of days later I got released, you know, yep. the, the, it is what it is. You know, you, you walk into the clubhouse and your stuff is in a garbage bag and, and, you know, you keep trucking on. Yeah. So, so after you were released, what was your, what was your next step? Like, well, uh, I was not playing. Uh, Bobby Jones, who I said earlier was, was, uh, one of my coaches with, uh, the, the blue socks after my sophomore year of high school. Um, he called me. He's like, you're, you're a free agent. I'd love for you to just, just come up and do a workout with the rock and boulders. And I gotta be honest, affiliated baseball is not that fun. It, it, it's a, it's a grind. It's work. I mean, for example, you know, I got traded the white Sox. that, you know, they weren't the most accepting people, you know, organization yeah. of people, you know, um, I think I got one night in a hotel and then I slept in my car because I had no money for, you know, uh, however long I did that until, you know, the group of Dominicans that were living together were like, well, just come live with us. And Finally grinders. There. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's, you know, that, that was my experience there. Um, but, you know, uh, Bobby Jones, you know, ended up giving me a ring and, uh, you know, I was just, it, it was, it was the tough couple of years and it's just a lot, you know, and um, she's like, just come up here. You're local. Come do a workout. And I went up. There it was a beautiful night. It was cool. The stadium was incredible. Um, I liked all the guys. And he's like, just just play with us. And I was like, fine, I'm in. And it, it, it became independent baseball became one of the best experiences I could ever have. Yeah, you know, the When you get to that point, Everybody has failed somewhere. So you're all in it together. So the egos have been thrown out the door. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, you know, you, you understand a little bit more, you know, you, you, you're trying to all get back to affiliated baseball together. Um, you know, it, at the same time, it's like a college community where you're trying to win a championship. Um, so it, it was, it was, it was an outstanding, you know, experience, you know, moving into that. Yeah, I mean, independent baseball, I obviously love and something I uh, will always really close to my heart. Um, and I'll never uh, never forget one of the guys, I don't know if you know him or not, his name is Richard Stock. Um, he was a catcher with the Indians organization. He played with the Jackals. And uh, he was, like, just a dugout guy. And, like, he was, like, the first person that stood out to me, you know, in the clubhouse or whatever. And he was just, like, an awesome guy. And everyone in the locker room, it was just awesome. Everyone, you know, came up to me, introduced themselves. Right. Just, just, just almost like a family. That's, that's how I'd put it. Like a family and all those guys. Yeah. Were- it was, you know, it, 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 it is like that. And you know what, a lot of the political stuff and all of that stuff, it gets thrown out of the window and, and, you know, I, I have relationships with guys that I, that I still talk to, to this day, you know, um, you know, in, in independent baseball, it was, it was just normal people playing baseball with a, with a very similar goal and egos that were thrown out the window, honestly. Yeah. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit. So actually, yeah, so you end up getting signed by Atlanta. Right. Um, so now you're back to being picked up. Now what a lot of people don't know about independent baseball is that you're playing, obviously, to go to affiliated ball, summer, you know, Mexico, stuff like that. Right. Um, it feels great to be picked up as a player out of independent ball. So how did you feel? And when you – I'm assuming you got a phone call or – when that message was sent to you, how were you feeling? 
No, it was it was it was a good feeling. Um, you know, that's the goal. At this point, you kind of, to be honest, you kind of get beaten down enough to where like whatever happens happens, and you just kind of roll with the punches. But um, you know, it was kind of bittersweet. I was I was you know one of the major role players on the team, and you know they were moving on to towards you know the back end of their of their you know season, and 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 you know. Well, Commit, you know, made the playoffs because in independent baseball, you, you win first half, you win second half, you know, all that type of stuff. Um, bittersweet, you know, um, but at the same time, I want to play big league baseball, you know. So, um, you know, that I ended up getting into the Braves organization. It's a great organization. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed every day that I was there, but I, I had just latched onto a team that I had become so close to that yeah. it was kind of sad leaving them at the same time. Yeah. That, yeah, obviously, you know, when you, when you find a group of guys, it's almost like college baseball. You know, when you, when you find a group of guys and you make sad. Or high school baseball, same thing. When you're a senior and you graduate. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, so then in 2015, so the winner, you uh, went to play in the Dominican Winter League. Right. League baseball is something that I'm going to quote my friend Robbie Avalos is something that every single baseball fan should want to see or want to watch. 100%. What best baseball is, is win, 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 win. And so just talk, talk about your experience, you know, playing winter ball. Yeah. It's, um, I miss it. I wish I did it for more years. I wish I pushed on and went independent ball or Mexico to Dominican. Um, you're a big leaguer there. You know, you get treated well. You paid good. Um, the fans are they're, – they're all about it. Um, it, it. It was an experience that, you know, um, you know, maybe I wasn't good enough or didn't get the opportunities in this country to play in the big leagues, but – I hear the playing at big leagues in a different country. Um, the fans are nuts. Uh, everybody's excited about it. Uh, the people are great. Um, it, it, I wish I could, I wish I did it for more years. I, my mistake was I didn't do it for more years. It's it's amazing. It's a it's one of the it's one of the best experiences ever. Yeah, no, I mean, so many guys I've talked to say the same thing. They just love winter ball. But uh, one of the yeah. things I want to ask you, did your clubhouse have hot water in the showers? In the Dominican? Yeah. My did. Yeah, many did. of them. Many I, I, of them. Yeah, I was going to say many, many of who them. Talk, who, did you, who did you talk to? That, what, what teams were they on? Well, Tyler Heineman, um, uh, he's now the backup catcher for the Giants. Or We'll see what happens this year with that. But um, – Trying to think now, he might have been with the Toros. Toros, I, I, think I put. We had hot water in the in the in the clubhouse in the the home clubhouse there. So let me tell. Uh, yeah, want to go to the Dominican Republic, with the the in La Romana, the Toros. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They the, the most amazing resort is there that they houses in. It's it's stupid. There's yeah. Dolphins. He said he he said he and, lived. He said he lived beautifully. It, it's stu- it's the most amazing place I've ever been in my life. It's stupid. It was it was it was amazing. But yeah, yeah. no, there, there there's clubhouses where you're you're ice cold water for yeah. sure. But yeah. the best thing after the games is they got El Presidente beer right on thirty two degrees, <laughs> right on tap. You go get a beer after the game. Yeah, that was that was that, that was always a funny side. I remember uh, I can't remember who brought it into the clubhouse, but. Uh, at Rockland, so the sheet, it's the $1, like, beer sheet, you know, that gets handed around the clubhouse uh, to all the guys. And one guy wrote, <laughs> like, one of the one of the pitchers, like, 40 beers or something like that for the game. He's like, he's like who the hell did this? Who wrote 40 beers for me? And, and every, the clubhouse started dying laughing. Yeah. Yeah, those, those are funny moments. But uh, were, you, were you housed really nicely in, in the DR? Yeah, we got taken care of real well. Really well. Um, they're really, really accepting down there of, of, of us. And, uh, I ended up actually, so I ended up playing with, um, Michael Roth, who's like, you know, he was on those South Carolina national championship teams. 
Okay. And uh, the president of the country, Mejia is the last name, from 2000 to 2004. His son, who you, in mind you'd think younger, like our age, but he was a little bit older, maybe 40s or, or somewhere around there, was a South Carolina – went to grad school at South Carolina. And so we made a connection from Michael – he made – Michael Roth and him became friends. Anyway, he, he, he basically toured us throughout the country, you know, and, and, and showed us around in the Capitol and brought us around to – to you know his villa in Casa de Campo, which is That's cool. they gave us a they gave us a good experience of, of all that type of stuff. So how did you end up playing there? I, I mean, I, I'm not even that familiar with the the process of getting into winter ball and playing there. Yeah, um, obviously connections. I had a really great agent at the time. Um, the you know. After when I, after I was with the Braves, I went to the Somerset Patriots. Yeah. Um, had a really had a really good um, had had a good couple months there, or whatever it was. Ended up going to the Orioles, played Double A with the Orioles a little bit, um, and then when I was with Somerset, I guess I proved myself enough to get into that into that league down there. But it's selective. There's only. I think seven foreigners that are allowed on on each um on each team. Yeah, no. Uh, I th- so yeah, getting down there, it, it's pretty awesome. It's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I I got to see uh the Puerto Rican league this winter. Um, you know, I I have some friends that uh, were playing with Santerse, and so I got to see a game there in Puerto Rico. That yeah, was so cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's 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 super fun. Yeah, how many times really. did you say, yeah, I saw baseball during the winter, especially, you know, us from, from New Jersey, and we, our winters don't have baseball. <laughs> no, no, not unless they're inside. That's no. for sure. So, final question here. Obviously, your baseball career, you know, is done. When did you decide that it was time to hang up the cleats? Hmm. I was uh, at a contract to play if for – the Tigres in Quantana Roo. Okay. Uh, making decent money down in Mexico. Um, and I was living in – it's Cancun. Yep. And um, overlooking the water, feet up on a balcony, and I was like, I'm not enjoying this. And I think the, the, that's when I knew that, you know, if I'm sitting in Cancun, my feet up on a balcony, making decent money to play baseball, then, you know, it's time, it's time to move on. Um, so I walked in and I was like, you know, it's time for me to get a flight home and, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hang them up. You know, um, it, it, when, when I realized I was, I, I was 20 something years, upper twenties, what I realized was uh, I wanted to start being around my family. And, you know, I hadn't had that since I was 18 years old. Um, so I realized that at that point that it was probably, it was more important to be around my family than chasing my dream at that point. Yeah. I'm, that That's deep right there. Yeah, but, for sure. Listen, but, um, dude, as you get going, right? Yeah. But uh, the LMB, obviously Mexico pays well. Um, I don't know how many people know that on here. Uh, but like you said, if you're, if you're sitting in Cancun, you know, overlooking a balcony in the water and you realize that, you know, it's time to hang them up, that's, that's, that's probably one of the best times to, I guess, realize it. Yeah, no. Was, um, I don't regret it. I, I, I miss certain parts of it. But, you know, I, I can't say I miss playing. Yeah. I like teaching and, and, and sharing it with the next generation, you know. So it, it was the right decision for me. So step on teaching for just a quick second before we wrap this up. So you yep. currently own a, uh, a baseball gym. Um, mm-hmm. gym's located in Wayne. So what's the name of your gym? The baseball gym. Is that the baseball gym? Is that it? Everybody calls it the dojo. The dojo. The All right. So – 
Uh, you guys can contact Sean Bierman on Instagram. You could plug your Instagram right now if you want to. Go to baseball underscore gym for Instagram. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or, or go to getdisinfected.com for all your disinfecting needs. But, um, yeah, so make sure you guys go check out his Instagram. Follow him. If you're a local guy, definitely go check it out. And, Sean, I just want to thank you very much for being on here. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Had a great conversation. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys to everyone who's listening right now. I'm going to probably drop another episode sometime next week. So stay tuned. You know, just keep checking my Instagram. That's when I'll post the episode and stuff like that. But uh, everyone out there, stay safe. See you later.